Hello, I'm Meli, the host of Chingona's Only Club. Today's episode is about toxic people. I hope that you guys enjoy it. And as much as I'd like to think that most people can't relate to this, I have a feeling that everyone can relate to this topic. So get ready, get comfortable, and let's dive in. Hello, my beautiful people. So I wanted to talk about toxic people today. (laughs) And this was actually a topic that was recommended to me a couple of times by different people, both in my personal and professional life. And I think it's because we all at one point or another, either in our professional lives, in our personal lives, we've all experienced and encountered toxic people. And I think now at this stage in my life where I'm working really hard on setting boundaries and whatnot, I think reflecting back on the boundaries that I need to set and that I never did before is now that I'm realizing all of the toxic people that have impacted my life in any way, shape, or form. So I thought it was a good time to talk about this. I read an article. It was called 15 Traits of Toxic People to Watch Out For. And I thought it was super helpful because it resonated with me a lot. And at every single trait that was mentioned, I could trace it back to a single or multiple individuals in my life. And I was like, yes, 100% toxic person made my life a living hell. And so I wanted to kind of just go down that list and then give you guys an example of when I saw that trait in an individual and it could be the same one or different ones. So one of the first things that I want to say is that toxic people, some people say that they're harmless, that you can just ignore them and that you can just go about your business. But there's times where you can't do that. Toxic people have a way of really working themselves into your life and as much as you want to take the high road and ignore their behavior it becomes unavoidable depending on the person or individual that you're dealing with and it can be detrimental to your mental health to your personal life to your work life and a lot of the times these people can be in a position of authority or power over you And they directly impact your day-to-day. So I didn't want to have that very nonchalant attitude about it with this topic to say that this is not a big deal. In my personal experience and opinion, I think this is a very huge deal. And I wish that growing up, I wouldn't say my parents because they themselves dealt with a lot of toxicity in their lives, but I wish I had learned this as a way to set my own boundaries and learn about what toxic people, toxic traits, toxic behaviors are. And perhaps maybe I would have avoided a lot of these situations. So I think it's important that people openly talk and discuss it, but it's not easy. So anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and get started. So one of the main traits that I've noticed for toxic people, and it was mentioned in the article, is that toxic people can be very manipulative. It can be in a very simple, non-obvious way, or it can be a very straightforward, 
open <laughs> display of manipulation. Uh, so manipulative people use other people to accomplish whatever their goal or whatever outcome they want. And this can be done in multiple ways. And it's usually there's a lack of equity in the relationship that you have. So say that you have a friend and that friend and you are very close and you want to go to the beach on the weekend and they want to go to a spa. They will tell you what they want and tell you how badly they need it so that you feel like you have to put your needs aside and your wants aside to give them what they want. Now, this conflicts with you because as a good person and as a good friend, you want to be supportive to your friends and you want to make sure that you're there for them and you want to make sure that you're listening to them. And if someone tells you that they're in need of something, you usually try to make sure that you're there to comfort them and be the friend that you are. However, when this continues to happen and it's only their needs that are being met, the relationship becomes very one-sided and you feel guilty for wanting to express your wants and needs in any relationship, at that point, then the behavior starts to become manipulative. And because they are manipulating the way you feel, the way you react, the way you put your needs aside, and it can be something that overt, or it can be something a lot smaller, like let's order takeout and you know that you can never order anything that you like because then they just won't eat. And so to avoid that, you just ask them to pick every single time. That's manipulative in a very much smaller scale, but it is because you'll never get to feel comfortable just getting what you want. And these behaviors can start off small and I think they just gradually increase. Now, they're particularly dangerous for me personally, I think in the workplace. You can have coworkers who maybe don't carry their load, don't do their share of the work, and because you guys are friends, quote unquote, they tend to ask you for help. And you don't want to be the jerk and you don't want to be the person that says no and the person that's considered not to be a team player or get called out for not being a good employee or whatever the case might be. And you end up continuously covering for them, doing their work for them. And they make you feel so good about it, right? Like, you're the best. What would I do without you? You're amazing. And it doesn't matter what cost it comes at. It, it could start costing you your mental health. They're obviously getting paid for a job they're not doing, and you're not getting paid any extra. However, you're putting in extra hours, whatever the case might be. And at that point, it can become a very huge deal in your own personal life because you're going to experience this burnout at work a lot quicker than anybody else. However, you feel like you have no way to express it because people are equating your workload only to what you're supposed to be doing. And so they stop understanding what it is that you're so tired of, so burnt out from. And so it's really hard to, at that point, communicate your needs without going back and admitting that you allowed this behavior to go on so long. And it's not saying that you can't, it's just me from personal experience, 
it's a little difficult to say, well, for a year now I've been doing this and because you feel guilty for encouraging that behavior and allowing that and you feel like it's a problem that you created rather than allowing the other person to take full responsibility. So manipulative people, I think, are very toxic and you have to be very careful with them. Like I said, they do take more than they give. And that's another trait of them. Like I said, if they're always, their needs are always being met, yours are always being put second, that is 100% a toxic person. Relationships, whether they're friendships, whether they're professional, whether they're love interests, marriages, parenting, these relationships should always be equal, meaning that you should be receiving as much as you're giving. I would say it's a little bit different when you're parenting a child because you're teaching that child how to be an adult. But when you have adult children and you're an adult parent, I think at that point that relationship should be equal, meaning that they should want to be in your lives as much as you want to be in their lives. And you guys should have a mutual respect for one another as a parent-child relationship goes. But often toxic people take just everything from you. They take your time. They take your money in some cases. They take your love, your kindness. They take everything from you, but they never are willing to be there for you when you need them, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. It's just not something that they do. And the sad part is that most of the time, you know that if you really needed something, this is not the individual that you would count on. This is not the person that you would call. So it's it's really weird what, like how we react to toxic people because I don't think that we are blind to the behavior. I think as human beings, we just have this need to be liked almost and we're afraid to call people out and admit that this person really sees you as a target because at that point you almost have to admit that you look vulnerable enough for them to take advantage of you that they think that you're not as smart as they are that they think less of you and that's really hard and I think that's the most offensive part of being in a relationship like this because they really think that you are completely oblivious to their behavior when in fact You're fully aware. You just don't know how to handle it. And I don't know if you guys have another trait is toxic people, their apologies are absolute garbage. One of the things that they do is besides the fact that their apologies are completely insincere is how they always turn the tables on you when they apologize and they're like, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. Well, no. You know, I'm. you made me feel this way. That's not an apology because you're not apologizing for your behavior. Or I'm so sorry that I made you feel that way. That's different than I'm so sorry that you feel that way. Or I'm sorry that you interpreted that in that manner. Is when you're offended, other people don't get to tell you that you're you're not offended or other people don't get to tell you that you're not hurt so you have to pay attention when people are apologizing to you and the language that they're using because toxic people are very good at this they're very good at giving you fake apologies and telling you exactly what it is that you want to hear because they know how badly 
you need it. And I don't know if any of you guys have experienced this, but I've apologized to toxic people when I was supposed to be getting (laughs) the apology myself. And I have, and that sounds so stupid, but that's how manipulative they are. And you end up getting like Miyagi'd in (laughs) the conversation somehow. And you walk out of there wondering like, what the fuck did just happen? And I have a good little story, side story about this. So when I was pregnant with my second baby, I was about, uh, I would say six, seven months pregnant. And we used to work weekends and I was working and I was told that I was getting a supervisor and I was so incredibly happy, genuinely ecstatic because at that point I had been in the Navy about four years and I had just switched jobs. I was an electrician and then I went into personnel specialist, which is essentially like a human resource job. And I knew nothing. Okay. Because I was forcefully put into that job and I had no idea, no experience in what I was doing. And while I was doing a really good job because I was hitting the books and getting into the manuals and learning my job and asking all the right questions, I was struggling, meaning it was a lot because I was supposed to have two supervisors above me. And in the military, we always have manning issues. And I didn't have those supervisors. It was just me. And I was doing work that was way above my pay grade. I had no supervisors who knew more than I did to tell me whether or not I was doing it correctly. And so I was always afraid of making a big mistake. Dealing with people's pay and benefits is just not something that you want to do. And I was very inexperienced. So when I was told that I was getting a supervisor who had been in the Navy at that point about 20 years to my four years in comparison, I was extremely happy and that this person was it was a personnel specialist just like me. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to get a supervisor who's going to be a wealth of knowledge for me, who has been doing this job a very long time, whom I'm going to actually get to learn a lot from. And that was genuinely how I felt. I felt like my workload was going to lighten because they were going to take on the duties that I'd been doing that didn't belong to me. And the first day, not kidding, the first day that I met this woman, I genuinely liked her. She was super sweet. She was like, oh my God, hi, I've heard so much about you. I can't wait to work with you. And I was like, me too. I'm so excited to have you on board and whatnot. And just let me know what you need. And she was just there to observe essentially how we functioned for the first couple of days. And every day it was like, hey, good morning. How are you? This is how we do this. This is typically how we run our our weekend. This is how we do this. Basically just kind of giving her a run through of how we operated. Because that's usually what you do in the military when you go to a new command. You sit back, observe, ask a lot of questions about the role that you're going to be taking, seeing the daily operations and seeing what you might want to change later down the road or something that you've never seen that might be a best practice, whatever. So she was observing. And then during one of the busiest times of the weekend, I had about 20 customers lined up at the counter. We're just all of them calling my name and I had to bounce between the three. We had three lines. I had to bounce between the three lines and it was like 
you know, being at an auction is like compared it to, it was like, Hey, what do you need? I need help with this. It was like, okay, log into the computer, do this, this and that, and that should fix it. And Hey, what do you need? And on to the next and on to the next and on to the next. And then I heard a voice call my name. They were like PS3. And I said, yes. And I looked around because I didn't know where the voice was coming from. And I looked around and then I spotted my chief way in the back of the room. And she was the one that had called me. And then I said, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, chief, because I wanted to be respectful and professional. At first, I didn't say yes, chief, because I didn't know who was calling me. But I didn't say what. I didn't say in a rude way. Um, you know, being everybody shouting your name at the same time, I said yes. And I immediately perked up and looked around because I, I noticed the voice came from behind me and not from in front of me where the crowd was. And I said, oh, yes, chief. And then I walked over there and I was like, can I help you with something? And she said, she just asked me like a really quick question. And I was like, oh, yeah, we do this, that and the other. And she was like, okay. But I noticed that she was not her usual happy self. And, you know, but I didn't think much of it. At that point, I only knew her two days <laughs> and I didn't want to like jump to any conclusions. She didn't say that something upset her. So I was like, okay. And when everybody went to lunch, because everybody goes to lunch at the same time, she came over to me. And again, I was seven months pregnant. She comes over to me and she's like, can I see you in the conference room? And I was like, oh, okay. And like I said, she was very serious. I was like, the hell but I didn't expect anything bad because I hadn't done anything bad that I was aware of so I didn't walk in there expecting like a negative conversation I thought maybe she was just talking to me and she wanted to get to know me because we hadn't had time to sit down one-on-one -on -one. and a lot of time you do that so again it was normal to me so I just followed her into the conference room and she told me to sit down and I sat down and then she stood the whole time. She didn't sit and she was standing right in front of me. So I was sitting holding my belly, if you picture that. And I was looking up at her because she was standing close to me. And she asked me with her arms crossed across her chest. And she was like, do you have a problem with me? Now, mind you, you're in the military. Okay. <laughs> you don't just get to that's not something that happens. Like people don't just do that to you, especially someone of that pay grade to a much junior person, because that's very intimidating. And that's exactly what happened. I felt incredibly intimidated. And I was like, no, and before I could even get like a full sentence out, she's like, because if you do, you may as well just tell me now. And I was like, I, I don't have a problem with you. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what you're referring to. And she was like, well, I just need to tell you that you met Chief Scott yesterday because I had just met her the day before. She's like, but like, this is Dawn talking. Dawn was her first name. So she like referred to herself in the third person. And that was like, oh shit, she's crazy. <laughs> and I just sat there completely terrified because at that point I didn't know what to say to her. And she was like, if you have a problem, we can just go out and settle it in the lot. And I, and I was just so dumbfounded, like, what the hell does that even mean? We're in the military. We don't just go settle shit outside in the parking lot. That's not what we do. I'm seven months pregnant. I just met you yesterday. You have yet to tell me what I did wrong. 
or why you're coming at me so incredibly aggressive. So I'm just sitting there uh, stammering and she she's like, I just needed to get that off my chest. And I looked at her because, mind you, I'm the only one who works for her and with her. She's going to be my boss for the next three years. And the whole time I'm like my hopes and dreams of having a good supervisor are just like I'm watching them burn up in flames. And I looked at her and I was like, I have no problems with you. I'm not sure what gave you that impression. I have been very excited waiting for you to arrive because I wanted to, I was really excited to learn from you and just to learn my job better. So I, I'm not sure what gave you that impression, but if I did or said anything to make you feel that way, I'm so sorry. And I apologized to her. I had no idea what I was apologizing for, but I apologized to her. I left that room. I was crying, okay? Seven months pregnant, emotions were all over the place. I was just like crying and trying to keep my composure. And she didn't bat an eye like... My tears <laughs> did nothing for her. She at no point said anything else. She just said, okay, good. I'm glad we settled that. And she opened the door for me to leave. And I come out. And as I'm walking out into the hallway, I run into our commanding officer. And she turns to me and she sees that I'm sobbing. And she's like, are you okay? Mind you, my chief that just did that to me is standing right behind me. And she walks up to me. She's like, oh my God, what's wrong, sweetheart? And I feel like I'm in the twilight zone because she just like all but cussed me out in that conference room for who knows what reason. And I'm crying because of everything that just happened. And when my CEO asked me that, I didn't want to tell her because she's standing right behind me and she comes over pretending like she just... What is happening? She is just shocked as the commanding officer that I'm sobbing. And I said, and I looked at both of them and I was like, nothing. And she's like, are you sure? The chief is like, are you sure? Do you want to sit down? Do you want to take a break? Are you overwhelmed? You know, you're pregnant. You shouldn't be running around as you are. And the commanding officer, um, she's like, PS3 Ramirez, if you want to go home, if you're too tired, um, please let me know. And she looks at the chief and she's like, chief, maybe we can make that happen. I want to make sure she's okay. And the chief is like, of course, ma'am, I'll make sure she's very well taken care of. And then the commanding officer walks away and I'm just left there with this fucking psychopath. And I'm looking at her and she just gave me this up and down glance and she walked away from me. <laughs> and yes, I worked with her for the next three years, completely just insane. That was a toxic, toxic person. And she did not wait to show her true colors. But again, I didn't know how to handle it. I was very young. I was 20, 24, 25 at the time. And I just, I didn't know what to do. And I was still very intimidated by people who were in much higher pay grades than I was. And clearly she made a really good impression on everybody. And she presented herself as a very kind person. So. I knew that there was nothing that I could say that would change that perception. I felt completely helpless. But she was the most insincere, manipulative, one of the most toxic people I've ever encountered in my entire 
life, really. She obviously, one of the other traits is that toxic people don't listen to you. Obviously, she just was not a good listener. Uh, toxic people that don't listen to you, they are only listening to you when they need something. And they only pay attention to something that is going to benefit them. So if you ever start to confide in them, be careful because they will listen to something that they can use to their benefit, to their advantage. And if you're not giving them anything that they can use to their benefit or advantage, they'll watch out because what they'll do is they'll cut you off. They'll change the subject. They'll interrupt you. And they'll probably just direct the conversation to something that they want to talk about themselves. This is like a very common thing. I didn't experience this one so much with her because I genuinely just avoided every interaction possible unless I absolutely had to. So I like she really terrified me. So she wasn't like a toxic person that I considered a friend or that I had any relationship with, but she was my boss. So that was really hard for me. Toxic people tend to make you feel terrible. (laughs) And the way you can tell is whenever you hang out with them, you don't feel happy. You feel drained, whether it's emotionally, physically. These people drain everything out of you. You are left completely and emotionally just wiped out. And it leaves you feeling very frustrated and very unfulfilled. Because if you have a friendship and you hang out with your friends, usually you like to talk. And like I said, when it's a 50-50 relationship, you both get to vent to one another, give each other advice, whatever the case might be. When you're in a toxic friendship, it's just you listening to them talking. Or if you ever talk, they don't bring you any comfort. And by the time you're done, you're just like, oh my God, like that was exhausting. And they make you feel bad. Because again, then you feel guilty for being the bad friend, quote unquote. So that's really, really difficult to deal with. In my case, it wasn't necessarily a friendship, but my boss made me feel shitty every single day, every single day, because I kept trying to figure out how to get her to start from ground zero with me. How do we go back in time? So whatever it is that you think that I did doesn't happen and then maybe we can have a positive relationship because I really didn't have a choice like I said she was going to be my boss for three years there was no choice in that and so you want to make it work toxic people tend to be very self-defeating they're like moody angry they have like highly intense relationships you never know what you're going to get with them it's like hey are, are, is this person going to come to work today happy is this person going to come to work sad is this person going to come to work angry and then they're just going to take it out on everybody at work what do I get today and you have to feel them out before you even start to interact with them for the day I found myself sitting in the parking lot wondering okay what's it going to be today is it going to be the happy hey how are you doing how's you know the husband how's the kids and a a smile and a nice interaction or is it going to be you don't exist I'm ignoring you I have my headphones on don't talk to me (laughs) it's if if you're constantly walking on eggshells around people because you don't know what kind of mood they're going to find themselves in that day that is a difficult thing to deal with particularly when it's at work 
because people should be able to work around you without feeling like they have to watch how you're feeling. They should be able to work in a professional environment where you can all interact and them not having to constantly or continuously think about the things that they're saying around you because it may set you off. That's what I mean by these people can be very moody, very angry, very intense, and passive-aggressive. Passive-aggressive is probably one of the worst things because when someone is being passive-aggressive towards you, nobody knows it except you. For example, this, this person that did that thing to me, she would come to work, she would bring donuts, and she would walk around everybody's desk offering them donuts. And she would skip my desk (laughs) and she would walk past me. She'd be like, not you and go to the next. But nobody saw that. It was just me. And then she would put the donuts at the front of in the middle of the office where everybody could see them to make it seem like they're for everybody. But I had been specifically told they were not for me. Nobody had seen it. Nothing. Right. So it wasn't like I could say. She brings donuts for everyone, but not for me, because all she had to say was like, everybody saw, I walked around, I gave them to everybody, and then I put them in the center of the room. If she wanted it, she could have gotten up and gotten it. Uh, That's not what happened, but you don't know that. Like, they don't know that. You know that, but nobody else sees that kind of behavior. It's usually only directed to you. It's very private. And even if it's done publicly, nobody understands the internal conversations that have led to that interaction. And so you reacting to passive aggression makes you look bad, makes you look like you're the moody one, you're the short-tempered one, you're the whatever. And it can be very difficult to manage that. I can't tell you, and my poor husband, because he had to hear every single day everything that this woman did to me, because she was, at the end of the day, toxic people are fucking bullies, straight up. Like, that's what they are. They get a kick out of just being whatever and making you feel bad and they're like whatever it's their problem and they feel good about that and my husband got to hear how this woman would just fucking bully me every single day and he was like what the hell is her problem and I would always tell him that she was extremely passive aggressive and I've seen people be passive aggressive with other people and the only reason I've noticed it is because that person has confided in me um, how that other individual or aggressor, I'm going to call them, has manipulated them into feeling like crap. But if they don't, if you don't share that with anyone, it's very difficult for anyone to see or catch that behavior. Because on the surface, these people are very good at making it seem like they are super kind, super professional, that, you know, if it's at work, that they run an incredible group of people, team, whatever it is, that they're great at their job. And people have a hard time seeing past these things. Because when you're at work, people only care about product, right? If it's not negatively impacting the output of work, people don't notice this stuff. And so you have to have a real shitty team who's like, yeah, whatever, we're just gonna not produce. But again, you're in the military, you can't just do that. So that's why I think in the military, toxic people are pretty, pretty common. Toxic leadership is very common. And that's why a lot of sailors have a lot of mental health issues, I think. 
They also, another trait is that they abuse their power. And this is very, obviously, the example I gave you, that's a perfect example of someone abusing her power. They tend to use their position, their authority to make you do things, knowing that you can't really refuse them or deny them, um, and making you feel like crap the entire time and being in a hostile environment the entire time. So it's, it's unfortunate because you can't say no. And if you say no, I mean, you can, you have to be ready and willing to go toe to toe with this individual. And sometimes by the time you get to that point, you are so mentally spent that you can't even find the energy. You can't even, you start to question yourself. You start to question whether it's maybe you, maybe you're the problem. And that's really hard. I think people who are toxic tend to use the word I a lot. It's never, when you're talking to these individuals, it's never really a conversation more than a one person show. They start to talk about all of the things that they have going on, what they want to do, how they're going to accomplish it, what their ideas are, and it's all 100% around them, even though it involves everybody else. And as I've gotten older and in my professional environment, I have began to pay attention to people so incredibly close to when I meet an individual, just the way they introduce themselves to me, I'm like already like you have my attention. I'm watching every single thing that you say because I need to make a decision at that moment whether I'm going to trust you and be the kind person to you or if I'm going to be the distant person and keep you at arm's length to make sure that whatever whatever doubts I may have of you are either going to be removed through time or they're going to be solidified that's something that I've just I've had to it's almost like putting a guard up with people and just making sure that you keep them at bay because it's just sometimes the people say first impressions are everything and I didn't believe that at first because they always say all these other metaphors like don't judge a book by its cover and don't do this well yes and no you don't make assumptions about people just from looking at them from far away but when I meet you and my first impression is really negative for whatever reason that's what you chose to show me I have a tendency to stick with that about 90% of the time very rare do I have someone who undoes that first impression because people usually show you who they are right from the beginning, but we want to like them so much and just have, just let it be what we wanted or expected in our minds. And we don't want to let our own expectations of that individual down that we look past it. And I think that's why in personal relationships, that's why people stay in shitty, shitty relationships. I, I watch a lot of like, trash tv and when i see these reality tv shows or like dating shows and i hear guys how they're talking to girls and just like their behavior towards them just right off the bat when they meet them i'm like "Uh uh-uh that's a red flag right there run like the wind but these girls are so desperate for a relationship and finding a partner that They're like, I mean, he seems a little cocky, but he also says that he wants a family. So it's almost like they're justifying 
what the negative traits are because they're saying what they want to hear. That's a toxic person. They are telling you just what you want to hear, but they're also showing you exactly who they are. And so while I don't believe you judge a book by its cover, first impressions do tell you a lot about a person. And I think you just have to approach people very carefully. And it's easy in personal relationships because you could just cut those off and end them. It's a lot more difficult in professional relationships. But I think that if you have clear boundaries and you give off your first impression of, hey, I'm not the one, I'm not the person who's going to allow you to cross her boundaries and I'm not the person who's going to let herself be manipulated, then I think those people tend to back off because you're not their target demographic. They're not looking for you. And they may cause them to instantly dislike you because they can't manipulate you, which happens a lot. But at least you're protected in a sense because you understand how to work around their bullshit. I would say one of the other things that I did with this chief whenever I I did finally speak to someone about her and I got really, really sick of it. I told my super, my our supervisor, who is another chief, everything that was going on and how I felt and how it was impacting my mental health. And the first thing he did is he called her into the office while I was essentially telling on her. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you have, if you are in a position of leadership where someone trusts you enough to come tell you a problem and it's a problem of intimidation in the workplace, you don't call the aggressor into the same room and try to do like a mediation session. You don't do that, okay? Because that I can't tell you how many times people have done that to me. And I'm like, are you stupid or something? If I wanted to talk to her, I would have talked to her. I'm talking to you. <laughs> And also because she came in and she was like, oh my God, honey, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And I'm just like, who is this person that keeps showing up? Because that is not the person that treats me like shit every day. It's called gaslighting. And suddenly that's exactly what happened. She was like, I don't know what she's talking about. I, I think you might be overreacting. Maybe your pregnancy hormones are a little bit getting the best of you. I can't tell you how stupid I felt bringing up the issues that I had with this individual and how invalidated I felt and betrayed by my entire chain of command. And I was told I was overreacting a lot. I was told that my hormones were out of control because I was pregnant. I was told that she was the nicest person, one of the nicest people they've ever met, that it didn't sound like something she would do or say or whatever, even though they trusted me implicitly with everything because they loved my work ethic, they loved my professionalism. So I also was not the kind of person that would lie about anything. So I wasn't an untrustworthy person. She was just really, really good 
And then it became almost like she became the victim. And this is something that toxic people do. They're suddenly under attack, right? They'll say that someone is out to get them. Whenever you try to point out their shitty behavior, you're trying to, you're out to get them. You're trying to get them in trouble. They refuse to see things from your perspective and they refuse to look at their behavior and all the things that they've done wrong. All of a sudden they become this victim of whatever your negative intentions are or they think maybe and that's very common which is why you have to be very careful when you address a person like this because once they become a victim and they start to say that they're victimized you have to almost have receipts like here's the proof because otherwise it's your word against them and like I said they're manipulative they're very good liars they're just very good at what they do and they can turn your best friends into your worst enemies easily so be very careful these people are very dangerous and can cause a lot of harm to you and then (laughs) the worst part which i kind of mentioned with this person they can be your best friends like suddenly when you come in and you find instead of the grumpy angry moody person You come to work on a Friday and you run into the super fun, funny, sweet person. And you're just standing there so confused, like what is happening? And they are texting you and they're calling you and you're like, oh, I guess we're friends now. And like, and you're enjoying that because that feels so much better than being treated like absolute shit. And maybe they turned a new leaf and maybe... We're, we're back on good terms and this is going to work out. And you get all these endorphins that you haven't gotten in a while because you're tired of feeling like shit. And it feels good to allow this person to fake these emotions. Even though you're weary and you may approach it with caution even, it still feels good. Because who the fuck likes to wake up in the morning and go to work? And being with a shitty mood person all day, nobody, you enjoy the positive energy that they bring to work or that they bring into a relationship or a friendship and you embrace it as much as as careful as you want to be. It's still not something you're going to reject because when you're this tired of it, when it's gone on for so long, you embrace it because that's all you ever want. It's just a little peace. So it's, I don't know, I think it's an emotional roller coaster. I will say that if you, if during these times where you're on this emotional roller coaster of ups and downs and ups and downs, the one thing that you will see is that th- these people lack empathy 100%. You could be crying in front of them, telling them exactly how they make you feel, and they'll just stare at you the whole time like you're a fucking moron. They're like, oh, okay, are you done? You know, it makes them uncomfortable even because they have no empathy. They have no idea or they don't want to have any idea what the hell it is that you're talking or referring to. When they're angry or when they're in their shitty moods, they don't speak to you respectfully. They talk to you like you're stupid. They talk over you. They undermine you. They make you feel dumb or try to make you feel dumb. If you ever find yourself explaining the basic elements of polite human interaction to someone, there's a good 
chance that that person is a very troubled individual, okay? If you ever have to explain to someone that they can't belittle you or other people because not only is it wrong, it's unprofessional in a work environment, they are very troubled people because you should never have to explain basic human empathy, basic human interactions to another person. If you have to do that and explain why their impoliteness is offensive, why they are them being rude is not okay, they have issues, okay? It's not a you problem. So for those of you who are in it deep, don't blame yourselves for this shit. There's nothing you can do about this. But if you ever, like I said, if you ever have to explain to someone why they should be empathetic to how you're feeling or how they're making you feel, chances are, like, they're not going to. Because they think they're better than you. And that's just a fact. They think that your emotions are a sign of weakness. They think that your lack of control for how you feel is a sign of weakness. And their control over their emotions and their their ability to lack empathy, they see it as a strength. They think it makes them better supervisors, better leaders, better boyfriends, better husbands, better wives, whatever it is. They genuinely think that they are better people than everybody else because emotions to them are weak. Like it's not something that they ever want to display. And the minute that you show emotion, you're nothing. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, like they're better than you, period. They have a sense of like grandiosity. It can range from making them a drag at a restaurant during conversation where you're just like oh my god somebody just make this individual stop talking or in a meeting or in a during a team event to them being like a leader of a shitty group (laughs) it's like mean girls right like you have all these mean girls in high school and you have the little leader it's like a little cult and they think they're better than everyone those people are fucking toxic because they genuinely think they're better than other people. And even the people that they're leading are not good enough for them. They just need them to make them feel better about themselves. And so they use them. And those relationships are often pretty unbalanced, but those people's self-esteem is in the shitter. And that's what they target. But toxic people are... Man, they can take a toll on your mental health. I can tell you then the three years that I dealt with this woman, I deteriorated severely. I was still coming to work and doing my job and doing it well. And I think that's why people didn't notice or pay attention and why I was ignored so many times for so long when everybody knew exactly what she was doing. Because at first when she was doing it, she was only doing it to me. And then... Slowly, because these people can't hide forever, right? They're really good at hiding initially, but when people don't do things their way, eventually they show their true colors. And over time, the things that you were saying about them all along start to make sense. These people don't hide forever. And if they've been in an organization or a company or a family member long enough, Everybody knows exactly who they are. And that became the case with this individual. Everybody eventually found out 
and realized for themselves that she was a horrible human being, that she was manipulative, paranoid, that she may have had some type of personality disorder because she would come in happy and then she would throw things and she would, it was just awful. But <laughs> the military is not like the civilian world where you can just file an HR complaint or something against someone and then just get them fired. That's not how it works. And unfortunately, it was three years of that for me. And like I said, I tried to address this. I tried through many, many avenues, including the equal opportunity person at our place for like harassment, because I felt like she was constantly trying to get me in trouble. And she was constantly filing reports against me that never had any foundation. And she had people do investigations on me that were always came up empty because she was making it all up. And then one day she was once again accusing me of something. And I told my supervisor like, hey, just so you know, I caught her listening in on my phone conversations and she was recording them. That's how severe it was. She would record my phone conversations. We were in cubicles and she was in a cubicle across from mine. And anytime I would pick up the phone, she would record my conversations. And so I went to tell my chief at the time and that I didn't feel comfortable with her. And again, stupid way of handling it. They're like, oh, she told us that you're recording conversations. It's like, what the fuck? Do you guys not know what retaliation means? So the next day, I was at work and we do physical fitness in the morning. And afterwards, I went to the locker room to shower. And while I was in the shower, this woman comes into the locker room while I'm showering there by myself. And she pulls open the shower curtain. <laughs> okay. Yes, this would never fly in the civilian world <laughs> ever. But she pulled open the shower curtain. I'm standing there butt ass naked. And she's telling me all the things that they told her and how I'm a liar and how I'm this. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And at that point, that's when I lost it. Because up until then, I had avoided every confrontation with her. Anytime she started talking in my direction, I would get up and leave. Anytime that she would say something nasty to me, I would just keep on walking. I would report her. And I never, ever engaged with her negatively, ever, not one time. But that time, that was too much. What she had done, she had crossed the line. That was just too much. I remember wrapping a towel around me because I didn't have my clothes on. I was soaking wet and I started just laying in. I think I called her every name in the book. I cussed her out and I started walking towards her and she just started walking her ass backwards. And I was like, I'm so fucking tired of your shit. I'm tired of your attitude. I'm tired of your fucking psychotic behavior. I've had it up to here. I've been patient for three fucking years. I went in. You could say that I probably lost my shit in that moment. And she walked and she was the whole time she was putting her hands up like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing, you're talking to me this way. I'm a chief. You can't talk to me this way. You're going to get in trouble and blah. And the whole time, I don't even think I took a breath. I was just going in. She walked back 
and I walked her I walked her back the entire time just cursing at her until she walked out of the locker room and we were both standing outside of the locker room me dripping wet in a towel exposed completely because I was not in the locker room anymore I was in an open I was in the we had a basketball court I was in the basketball court at that point and my coworkers came running out because they heard the commotion and I told one of them to go call the chief or the commanding officer and let him know that she had just harassed me in the shower and then I told the other guy to stand in the door because I was gonna finish getting dressed and she was not allowed to go in there they both just nodded at me they were like okay and she was like I hope everybody sees how she really is and how she really talks to me it's like all she wanted for those three years was for me to lose my composure and it all led to that very explosive moment I called again I reported her I tried to report her for sexual harassment nothing was ever done she actually still got to stay at that command for another year and a half when I moved on to another place in Arizona this was in Pennsylvania when I moved to Arizona she continued to harass me by calling me calling my supervisors there and saying bad things about me She even had another investigation open against me, which again came back completely empty because it was all lies. And she still got to retire. She got her full pension and retirement despite all of the things that she did to me. So I think that was a huge turning point for me personally. I made sure that this would never happen to me or anyone. And so when people tell me, my sailors tell me now that someone is making them feel uncomfortable, make it a point to listen. And that's not because they're always telling the truth, because toxic people tend to be manipulative. So I have to be very careful. But I listen. I listen and I observe and I watch how people interact. And I make sure that I create a good working environment for people. And friendships, friendships can't be one-sided. Relationships can't be one-sided. Toxic people have no place in your life. And if you ever feel like someone is more work than what you're getting out of the relationship, the chances are is that they're just using you. And that's just my personal opinion on it. So I hope that you guys took something from this and that you reflect on the people around you. And I don't know, maybe there's someone that you need to have a conversation with. All right. Until next time, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, review, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Chingonas Only Club. And we'll see you guys next week. Adios.